Welcome to The Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 133075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to Money or at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 8th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And co-host, Keelan Harvey. Your local mortgage experts bringing in inside advice and expert knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 411.50 or online at themoneyr.com. And not a lineup, but our show today, because we have one guest. Normally we have shoot two, uh, three guests that come in, but our guest today is really special. So I wanted to give her the entire show. It is Laura Curry, podcast speaker and the author of Difficult Happens and owner of Curry Support Services. Uh, great information and great guest in studio today. For more information on any topics discussed, please feel free to call the show. Again, the number is one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyr.com. And let's start out today's show with a little money, money talk. Money. So Keelan and I were in a meeting today and we had somebody come in that talked about credit uh, repair. We've had a credit repair and, uh, expert in studio before. I've given credit tips here before as well, but I just gave a little inspiration to bring it back into studio. I think it's a great time um, to be you know, taking a look at what's happening uh, with your credit. It's, I advise that you actually take a look at it on an annual basis, see where you're at, uh, especially if you're thinking of doing something and, and uh, borrowing credit in the future to get an idea of where your credit is at. So credit tips increasing your credit score, maybe kind of a couple credit myths um, that I can help with today. Your credit score or FICO score determines the interest rate that you will pay on credit cards, uh, car loan, mortgage loan, and even the cost of car insurance. And actually a lot of employers now are looking at your FICO score uh, to determine whether or not you're credit worthy, which might be an indicator of what type of employee that you'll be. So credit scores will vary from 300 to the high 850. The FICO score is the middle of the three credit bureaus. There's Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. And a 740 credit score in mortgage is the excellent. That's the highest credit bracket to get the best interest rates. And 660 or lower is considered having some challenges, and you might want to work on that. So why are consumer credit reports different than when the lender pulls a credit report? That's a common question. You may take a look at your credit at my FICO score, a lot of different... um, areas that you can do for a no cost to get your credit score. But here's the reason why it's different when you're going to go in and have your credit report pulled. doesn't matter if it's for a mortgage car or credit card. Uh, credit card reports are pulled by consumers are different scoring algorithms than those that are pulled by banks, lenders, and credit card companies. Sometimes they are unique algorithms developed by separate modeled companies. Sometimes they're industry specific, uh, like mortgages, and other times they're the custom algorithm may be utilized. So for mortgage lenders, they have their own brand of FICO score. And even your FICO from my FICO score and other credit consumer resources 
they all have different algorithms. So that's the reason why it's going to be different. And if you think about it, if you were lending credit to somebody that was borrowing for a car or borrowing for a mortgage, you would think that there actually might be different statistics and risk based on whether they're going to pay their mortgage payment or their car payment first if they ran into financial struggles. So if that makes sense, that's why the algorithms are different. So here's credit components. Uh, First, there's the past delinquents that represents 35 of your credit score, the highest percentage of determining your credit score for obvious reasons. The biggest impact on your credit is the ability to pay back your obligations on time. Now, you may not know this, but if you're late, but not more than 30 days late, it's not going to actually report on your credit report. It will have lates determining on that individual creditor and how they charge for those lates. The next bracket is your debt to credit utilization ratio that represents 30% of your credit score. Credit card balances should be at 50% of the available credit limit. Ideally is 30% because once you go over 30%, there's an effect on your credit score. When you go over 50%, it's actually devastating to your credit score. Now, age of credit is represents 15%, so don't close out credit cards that are older than two years because they're seasoned accounts, which is really important. So there's some things that you can do that you can never repair. This is one of them. Once you've closed out that account, now you've lost that. And it's a hard myth to kill because closing accounts will help your score You would think that it would help your score in closing that, but most of the time it's the exact opposite. Now, since 15% of your credit uh, represented on the average age credit, the longer the history of that account, the higher that credit score is going to be. Now, also, closing these accounts can leave you with less available credit and, as stated before, is 30% of your credit score is based on the debt-to-credit utilization ratio. So say that you have $450 in debt with $1,000 in allowable credit across multiple accounts and you close a credit card with a limit of 500. You have taken your ratio from 30% to 90% utilization devastating for your credit score. Now, if you have any collection accounts, you do not want to close these out or pay them off. I know that sounds a little bit a little bit strange, but the reason why is because, again, the age of credit, now you've lost that once you've paid off that collection that goes away. So if you do need to play, pay off a collection for mortgage purposes, you can actually pay that off uh, at the time that you're closing your loan, and then that's not going to affect anything because a soft pull would be uh, uh, pulled at that time. So trade lines, if you're short trade lines, the best way to fix this issue is to call a family member and ask them to add you as an authorized user. Now, obviously, if you're being added as an authorized user to someone else's account, you want to make sure that it's in good credit standards, obviously. But also you want to make sure that they're not over those ma- that maximum 30 ideally, definitely not more than 50%. And where this comes into play, a lot of times, myself included, uh, Dave and I, my husband, we utilize our credit and pay our bills off every month or put all the bills that we can in our credit and then pay that credit card every month. Well, you don't know when that credit report's going to actually be pulled. So check to make sure that they're not allowing that credit limit to go over that 30 ideal 50%, definitely not. And what I learned today that was different that I didn't realize that was out there is you can actually lease someone's credit as an authorized credit user. It's just crazy, Keelan. Wasn't that crazy? That was crazy. I couldn't <laughs> uh, couldn't believe that that's an option to yeah. get yourself some credit. That's nuts. So for all of us with great credit, we could actually make money by leasing our cards out. It feels kind of weird, so I don't know if I'll do that, but that was part of it is there's income for those great credit uh, borrowers. 
our consumers, but the other side is the people that need some uh, help in establishing great credit and lack trade lines. So what they do is you actually lease it for a period of time, like 60 days, 90 days, you get your mortgage, and then you've stopped paying for that authorized user, and it must be legal. So uh, something new that we learned. Uh, mixed credit is 10%, so every one uh, installment trade line to three revolving is kind of that special ratio, but you really got to be careful there because there's other things that could affect in trying to close or open, which we've talked about already. So you really want to talk to a credit expert uh, to get assistance on that. Last is the inquiries, which represent 7, 10%. Seven inquiries a year affect your credit score most of the time. Depending on the credit bureau, the window for the duplicate inquiries is 14 to 45 days, meaning if you're applying for a mortgage, you can have your credit report pulled with more than one mortgage company as long as it falls within that 14 to 45 days, depending on which one of the bureaus we're talking about. Now, you can bump hard inquiries off your credit report. A hard inquiry is generated when creditors pull your credit report after you apply for a loan like we would if you were applying for a mortgage with Keelan and I. Uh, your score falls because it shows you're interested in taking out more debt. Other inquiries are considered soft pulling on your credit report. Employers pull soft credit pulls. Um, if you get something from a credit card company that says, hey, we're going to offer you credit, and you're like, well, we didn't ask for it. Well, they did a soft pull to make sure that you're still in good credit standing so that they can make that offer. Now, some consumers believe if after applying for a loan that you pull your credit report every day to load up that soft inquiries, you'll bump off those hard ones. This is not true. That's a myth. And again, inquiries represent 10% of your scores. You want to be really careful there. So just a really quick money chat uh, here on the Money Hour. Best thing is if you have credit challenges, you want to talk with a credit expert. And Keelan and I can definitely get you hooked up with the best of the best credit expert. I like to talk uh, compare it to... Uh, a speeding ticket. If you've had a speeding ticket and you try to get it off on your own, chances you're not going to in front of a judge because you don't know the laws. You don't know all of the violations and regulations for you as a consumer. With the credit repair company, same thing is they know exactly what's happening with that credit report and whether you are in violation to the Fair Credit Act and those laws. And that's how they can have things released, even though you didn't have that speeding ticket. If you have an attorney, 70% statistics show it's going to be released from your record. Credit Consumer Counseling works the same way. So that is your money chat for today. And coming up next in the money hour, Laura Curry, podcaster, speaker, and author of Difficult Happens and the owner of Curry Support Services, right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Do you find yourself constantly frustrated with finances? Do you even know the data behind your dreams? Would you like to experience financial joy? Marcel Allen with Dreamosity supports remarkable leaders to navigate and win on social media. Marcel motivates her clients to leverage video with confidence. Marcel has helped clients get their first 100 fans and their first 100,000 fans. She's been in the digital marketing game for 10 years and can help you stay remarkable online. Marcel and Dreamosity can help you experience financial joy. Hi, this is Marcel with Dreamosity. I want to help you discover what financial joy looks like. Visit dreamosity.com to learn more. D-R-E-A-M-O-S-I-T-Y or text 360-420-9966. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. 
Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. And co-host, Keelan Harvey. You're a local mortgage expert right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 8th show. It's a great day to talk money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, and have a better quality life for you and your family. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 400 or online at com. And in studio right now, Laura Curry, podcaster, speaker, and author of Difficult Happens and the owner of Curry Support Services. Laura, thank you so much for coming and welcome. Thank you for having me. This is such a pleasure. And I'm, I have to say I was invited on uh, Laura's show on her, on her podcast, and so it's really nice to have uh, another expert in this arena to come in and to be able to interview. So I'm really um, interview you and really excited to have you share your message with our listeners. Thank you. It's a little nerve wracking being on this side of the mic. (laughs) Well, you know, it is different. It is different when you run the show and then you're actually on the other side. I'm glad that you said that because I feel the same way. I thought I was just kind of a little bit unique there, but obviously not. (laughs) And a little bit about uh, Laura. Uh, Laura Curry is a podcaster, speaker, and the author of Difficult Happens, leaders who business, whose business is dependent on the ability to communicate effectively, hire Laura to help them create strong boundaries, recognize triggers, and identify responses that lead to conflict. So they are able to navigate and minimize those difficult situations with grace. I love the word grace. With 25 years, 25 plus years of expertise in high conflict positions as an investigative journalist, private investigator, and court-appointed child advocate in the high conflict divorces, she has a unique and intuitive understanding of why people act and react the way they do. Laura, I want to start out. You're an author. All the awesome hats that you wear. Mm -hmm. Um, You wrote the book Difficult Happens. What inspired you to write your book? You know, I had seen so many themes play out consistently over and over again, whether it was in the court system or while investigating stories or with some of my clients as a private investigator. And these same themes seemed to be elusive to the people who were falling into this this trap of this certain Mm -hmm. pattern that they would Mm -hmm. do. And I thought if I could just bring it out there and say, you know what, we're all reacting so much to so many things. If you just were aware of why you act and react the way you do, you may be able to change that reaction to a better outcome because you know we really just all want to connect mm-hmm. with yes. one another mm-hmm. yeah yeah so in your book difficult happens how trigger boundaries and emotional impacts your every day you talk about the impact trigger reactions that everyone has and how does that how does that look you know, let's say you've got a client and you need okay. to let them know that their credit's not good enough for the house that they, or the mortgage that they want to get. Uh-huh. Boom, triggered reaction. Yes. Because it has to do you with You can finances. feel that heat coming on, right? <laughs> right. Yes. It's immediate. Yes. It's visceral. And it happens without you even knowing. Now, you may become aware of it. And I want to actually clarify here. This is different than a trauma trigger. Mm. They're very similar. Yeah. But um, a trauma trigger is completely involuntary and usually takes over your entire body. And so mm-hmm. that's different. A triggered reaction is something that happens quickly. Just think about if your kids are misbehaving, you know, or they're just about to drop something. Uh-huh. Boom. It's your subconscious taking over and jumping in. Yeah. Well, you need to bring your conscious 
to your communication with other people. Now, sometimes your subconscious can go through the day and take care of everything, and it's just fine. Yes. But when it comes to conflict or negative interaction, you need your full consciousness there, and those triggered reactions can get in the way. Yeah, and we've uh, learned, we've done some things with body language, and um, uh, expert that came in and spoke with some of our real estate professionals, which, by the way, I'd love to get you in front of our real estate expe- uh, professionals on our Power Hour Lunch and Learn, but that's another conversation. Akeel <laughs> um, and I do all kinds of stuff for our uh, real estate partners, yeah, is we had a body language expert in there, and I've been doing a lot of uh, research on body language because when I heard her say just because of her, when she talked about 90% of our communication is nonverbal, that was kind of scary. And really in, in what you help people with, it's kind of on that same line, right, of, of really just that your reaction to something, a lot of it you really may not even know what's happening inside. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. And some of it's the stuff that we've spent many, many successful years avoiding. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So when it comes up, we want to do that same avoiding again. Yes. But when you unpack it, you realize, oh, it, it really is not that big of a deal. Or, oh, I, I can make one tiny little difference and get a completely different outcome mm-hmm. just by changing my reaction. Laura, how do we know... If we've triggered a client besides them ripping our heads off and yelling at us, what are the kind of subtle... <laughs> Which our <laughs> clients would never do that no, for us. No, I've yeah. never had that happen, but, no. you know, the obvious, right? Of course right? not. Uh, not me. Mm-mm. Hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> if they did, they would be doing it to Keelan. Surely not me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tina. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, what are the subtle signs where you know you've kind of triggered somebody? You know, there are two big ones. The first one is defensiveness. Right mm. away, someone gets defensive. And if that defensiveness seems kind of abnormal, kind of like, wow, what, what happened? Something, the mood shifts somehow all of a sudden. And then the second thing is avoiding, all of a sudden shutting down and going away. Now, we all have a conflict personality type, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's four main ones, and that's the, the pleaser, the perfectionist, the avoider, and the victim. And Interesting. interestingly enough, they, they both will behave in both manners, meaning they'll avoid or they'll you know, get really defensive and angry. What were those for again? So you have the perfectionist controller, the victim blamer, mm-hmm. the innocent avoider, and the fixer pleaser. Okay. I'm a pleaser over here. I just got to cop to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I am too. Yeah. yeah 100%. <laughs> yeah. So they always come back to like that fight or flight, though, regardless of how you react. It's like, do I need to attack this or do, you know, the caveman mentality, do I need to run away, right? Right, right. And there are times, too, where people will freeze, and that is that inability to make a decision. And that's when they're actually to such a fearful level. Mm. That they, their subconscious is shutting everything down. They're taking away all emotions. They're basically like, nope, we're going to shut everything down here and protect mm-hmm. the ego, protect the it, you know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so what about yourself? When you, how do you know if you've been triggered? I, it goes back to that immediate visceral reaction. So if I'm all of a sudden super defensive mm-hmm. or super embarrassed, it's like, well, what is that? Where is that coming from? You know, you will come across some difficult people who like to elicit those emotions and kind of get them from you to kind of control you or manipulate you. Uh And those can be more obvious. But when you're just having a normal conversation or you meet someone new and all of a sudden you get a little defensive, it might be time to check the facts and see what's going on. Yeah. That's interesting. Good thing we're not like fainting goats, right? Where somebody (laughs) comes at you and you just 
fall over, right? Could be effective. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) no. So what do you do if you start to notice you've kind of been triggered here, like I'm getting upset or just something comes up? What 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 can you do to to kind of get yourself out of that situation or You know, the very first thing you do is stop and check the facts. And how do you what facts are you talking about? Um is this emotion, is this reaction appropriate okay. for what's going on? That makes sense, you know? Cuz sometimes I'll get super defensive and it's all about my what they call um social psychological context, mm-hmm. meaning I had a bad night's sleep. My breakfast was horrible. My coffee uh-huh. was cold. You uh-huh. know, that's where I'm coming to you from. You yes. know, my, my mood is bad already. So if I can kind of take my temperature, you know, and then you get really curious. You start to clarify and verify some stuff. You yeah, know, ask some questions. Uh-huh. Say, you know, I heard this. Is that, is, am I getting that right? Mm-hmm. You know, I heard you say I can't actually afford this home. Is, yes. is that correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and I always talk about, um, for, uh, on, on my, I always talk about my positive triggers because everybody talks about negative triggers but there's a balance of everything so there's positive triggers as well and I use my positive triggers to actually prevent myself from being a triggerer if that's how you say that you know to, to really keep myself in a great space that I'm not I can be my best self almost all the time when I'm interacting with anybody else and if I start to feel something it's just to be able to draw from those positive triggers that I know is going to get me in a better place and it's going to help me be able to react differently does that oh I seem, love that yeah yeah I love that yeah. you know my favorite triggered reaction is when I see my best friend. I mean, yeah. immediately I just yes. smile and I know we're going to have a good time. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Do we always? Uh-huh. No. But yeah. you know, it, yes. just, it puts you in that immediately happy space. And, yeah. You know, our good friend Nikki Roush, you had her on the yes. show. Yeah. A, a yeah. Well, while she's ago. actually going to be coming to our next Power Hour Lunch and Learn to talk with our agents. Oh, I love yeah. her. Yeah. I love how we have all these people. We're all in the same circle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's great. But one of the things that she taught me is a little state management. You know, uh-huh. hey, before you go on Tina's show, uh-huh. just do a little state management, meaning take, you know, do your power stance love and kind that. of think about, you know, I'm happy to be here. I mean, love it's, that. It's like, and once you realize that, it's like, right, I'm going to feel that emotion. I'm going to yes. sit in that. So yeah. I love that you well, do that. Well, and I use the example with, um, we talked about this on last week in the show when Keelan wasn't uh, uh, here, is it's kind of like that that song that you hear on the radio. And my first moment was, you know, I was driving and I heard my favorite song or a song that what I was, was my first song when I had my first slow dance back in seven grade and I had this amazing feeling and I compared with that because the space that I was in was not amazing but instantly for that four minutes I was and that was when I thought well why couldn't I build this strategically every time that something comes up could I get myself back to that place and it's worked ever since I Mm -hmm. just you know it's just beautiful it's unbelievable music can instantly change your state yeah, yeah, so why can't we find something else that's like music, like the the dog putting his head out the window yeah. or a child playing with their mother or whatever that situation is that you know always puts you in a good mood or thinking about your best friend mm-hmm. because you know that always makes you excited or if it's your spouse that makes you mad all the time because I have to say, Dave does. But what the <laughs> other side of that story is, I make him mad. I make him mad all the time. So you have to really bring it back in and you've got to think, well, what are the great things about him? Because, of course, there's a balance in all of us. And then you can pull from those positive triggers. Mm -hmm. So instead, you're not reacting, which then you're just then it becomes that ping pong back and forth in a communication. Right. Absolutely. You need to respond, not react. Yes. Which we're going to talk about that because I have that on my question for you. Oh, goody. (laughs) 
I love that, Tina. I have a two and a half year old, so I just got to remember, I love you, Daddy, when she kicks me exactly. in the shin. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Go so, to your warm and fuzzy place, yeah. your positive trigger. Yeah, she didn't Works know. Works for me every time. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I tell Dave, I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to go to my positive trigger place. I'm just going to react just because I feel like it. I'm going to intentionally, <laughs> then we start laughing. <laughs> Take this. <laughs> so, uh, Laura, how can we communicate effectively with our clients or any other person during kind of these tense conversations uh, just to make sure? Uh, to kind of head off the conflict. You know, there's a lot of different ways, but if you if you kind of feel like um, this person that you're that you're um, going to have a dialogue with is more of a verbal processor, let them go ahead and verbally process. You know what I mean? Kind of get to know who it is you're talking to, or if they're really visual, you know, give them a lot of visuals ahead of time. Mm-hmm. It like really the... it talk. It, you need to know who you're going to communicate with. You need to know who your clients are, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the love languages. Yeah. Well, clients have them too. Sometimes yeah. when I'm I'm talking with a, a, I'm thinking of one client in particular who has a really hard time with emotions. Well, whenever we are working together, we walk side by side and talk, because we're mm. both focused forward instead of on each other, which seems very adversarial to her. Yes. So you know, once the more you know your client, the better you can communicate with them. Well, it's kind of like how people learn. Mm-hmm. There, you've got to find their learning skills. So on that note, I'm going to take us to break, uh, continuing our conversation with Laura Curry, podcaster, speaker, and author of Difficult Happens and owner of Curry Support Services, right here in 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Are you looking for a real estate agent who will take the time to listen to your needs and will be your greatest advocate when it comes to buying or selling your home? Deanna Barley with Keller Williams Realty goes above and beyond and is an agent you can trust. Deanna uses her expertise to represent her clients effectively and enjoys helping them achieve their real estate goals. Hi, this is Deanna Barley, and I'd like to be your biggest advocate for all your real estate needs. Give me a call at 253-468-5062. That's 253-468-5062. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. And co-host, Keelan Harvey. And you're a local mortgage expert right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 8th show. We're here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at one 855 Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, Laura Curry, podcaster, speaker, and author of Difficult Happens and owner of Curry Support Services. And we're actually standing up now, Keelan. This actually feels kind of good. It does. I don't know if I should jog or talk. (laughs) Yeah, just stay right there. (laughs) All right. right. (laughs) Laura, thank you again for being here for the entire show. Very excited to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. So, Larry, you talk about uh, micro-boundaries. So why do you say that a micro-boundary breach is the most dangerous? You know, I, 
I love this because when our boundaries are overstepped, mm -hmm. like someone steps to us, mm -hmm. we know that. Oh, we get up, we're ready for a fight. We know how to defend ourselves. Yeah. But those little tiny breaches that happen every day oh, in see. our work and with clients, all of a sudden maybe your phone's ringing at 7 or 8 or 9 at night and you're answering it. You are getting text messages and you're responding. These are micro breaches that you are allowing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it might mm -hmm. just be the way someone speaks to you. Mm -hmm. And you kind of make excuses for it. Well, you know, they're in a bad mood. I'm going to go ahead and let that slide. Those little tiny breaches are how business bullies get in there and take over. And uh -huh. before you know it, it's too late. I love that. Well, I don't love it, but business bullies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We want to avoid those. So let's talk about, we kind of touched base on it uh, uh, for a second, but I'd like to go back to uh, what are the conflict pers conflict personality styles. Mm -hmm. And can you share a little bit more on that? Sure. You know, most of the women and men that I work with are either perfectionists or pleasers. Okay. And I, I truly believe that they are the majority of us. And uh -huh. I think we can all relate in some way. Especially to on a female side. Yes. Yes, right? Yes. Okay. And how that shows up, especially when it comes to conflict, uh -huh. is when you've got someone who is a perfectionist, they're going to want to really justify their actions and reactions to uphold that image of perfection. Okay. You know? And so when it goes into that, you have an active role and a passive role. So passively, you might just control things, meaning you've got control set up in your world and your business mm -hmm. and your you know work life so that your perfectionism can play out. Okay. It's the same thing with the pleaser fixer. You know, when it's done right, well, we're pleasing. We're go-givers, you uh -huh. know, we're really helpful. But when we try and over, you know fix, we've overstepped someone's boundaries. Oh. Because you know if someone doesn't ask you for something, yes. running in and fixing someone else's problem, yeah. it really robs them of natural consequences. Well, and I always say you got to stay in your own lanes, and that's one of the reasons why you've got to let somebody do their job so that they can feel confident and run that job. And you've got to have those clear lanes, not only so everybody knows what they need to be doing, but also so everybody can take recognition for the success, and they also can be accountable for the areas that need some improvement. Yes, yeah. yes. And natural consequences are the way that we learn and grow as human yes, beings. Yeah. It's painful to watch yeah. someone go through a painful natural consequence, mm -hmm. but if you rob them from it, the universe will give them something way more difficult the next time. Trust interesting, me. yeah, makes sense. <laughs> that is interesting. So what about our own personality type and how that could cause conflicts uh, with others? How can we... Uh, create more problems and make things difficult with our own personality style. Did you say create more problems? Well, your personality style can create problems. Oh, okay. Right? I got it. Yes. If, no, you're right. You're right. If, you're, if you're trying to fix the fixer person, they're <laughs> yeah, upset you're, now. The, I get yeah, totally get it. You're upset. totally right. Yeah. So how, how do we how do we deal with that? You know, if, if you're jumping in and taking over, like if I'm trying to please or fix something from yeah. someone else, it might, let's say you're a perfectionist and mm -hmm. I'm not doing it the right way. It, that before we've even had words with each other, mm. we might be at a conflict or a potential conflict. And the same thing with the um, vic victim blamer or the avoider. Uh -huh. We all see the universe in a certain way. And I want to be clear that all of these are not negative or positive. They can be negative or positive. So a victim is not negative all the time. There's right. some positive to a victim. Yeah, a victim What's is... What's a positive to a victim? <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting creative here. Yeah. Well, they're hyper aware. And they're okay. aware of ways that they may be taken advantage of. And uh, so okay. they do a lot more of protection, which can be a good thing. Okay. Uh, like I say, Boy, I, I bet that could be a whole few shows just trying to get through just on the four that different... Is yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, because it really plays out in everything that you do. Of course you know? it does. I love, I struggle with the boxes and labels because we are all unique, uh-huh. but with a theme. Yes. You know, I'm an extrovert. I'm Irish. I'm uh-huh. five foot two. Uh-huh. I'm, you know, I'm born in You are Seattle. very, very tiny. <laughs> <laughs> so you can make some assumptions. That's why you want to you stand know. up. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> I, I, got, I got one off the cuff for you, Laura. Can you, I mean, you got to, there's got to be people out there like a combination. Like, so do you just got to try to be aware of like the type of person that you're dealing with if... Uh, they yell at you for not checking something off right or, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. or get upset. So it's just really being aware of cues, I guess. Absolutely. Being aware of what, what conflict looks like, how it happens, what are the mm-hmm. components in a conflict, and how you contribute to it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like once you realize someone's an extrovert versus an introvert. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you kind of give them a little bit more leeway when they don't want to come out and, you know, go dancing until of 2 course. o'clock. You say, okay, let's go to a movie instead. Or, But once you're aware of that, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's why. Yeah. And, and people can be a combination of multiple yeah. Well, oh, just like in a, just oh, like the geez. you know the disc profile. If yeah. you're like I'm a I'm a high I influencer, but followed by a D. So normally you kind of have a couple of those mixed in. And love language, it's not like that. You are one love language or not, but just like so, it's the same thing as everything else. You kind of intermix and figure out what the people that you're interacting with on a regular basis and how you can be better and adjust your. What do you call the 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 styles, the personality styles, the adjust those styles. the conflict the conflict styles yeah. to adjust with. So mm-hmm. it's just one more thing that we actually have to kind of figure out between the personality, the love language, the strengths, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff we've got to figure out how to interact the best with people. Yeah, but once yeah. you do, of it's, course, it's like a bell that's been rung. It yes. just can't be unrung. You yeah. Know? Love that. So um, let's talk about giving bad news because in the mortgage industry, you know, there's times where where bad news comes up, whether it's somebody can't qualify for something or they've made a change. So now they can no longer qualify when they could or somebody's made a mistake. It could be our mistake or somebody from the outside. And what I see in our industry, especially, and I'm sure it's uh, in other industries as well, because procrastination is something that people just kind of naturally do a mm-hmm. uh, whole nother show on that. <laughs> but uh, is, is they kind of just are holding off and waiting to give that bad news, knowing that it's going to be worse. So when it comes to really uh, being in the best place of dealing with difficult things, what is the best way to give bad news to someone? You know, I would say right away, yes, clearly and in their language, Meaning, be as clear as you can possibly be. Okay. Be supportive. Don't defend. Don't explain. Don't justify. Uh, Give them time to process it. Yeah. Get and a lot of people need to verbally process it, and so they're going to like walk through it at you. Yeah. (laughs) Let them do that. Yes. You know, later you can say. Would you like to hear more about why this happened? You know, can I tell you my, I feel bad. I want to share yeah. with you. You can later go okay. there. But first, just get it out there and Makes let sense. them process the information and try not to get defensive. Yeah. I like that. Rip the Band-Aid off and shush. That's right. Yeah. And just let them come uh, at yeah. you and then circle back yeah. around. Well, right? that's a good, uh, that's a good illustration visual there. <laughs> that is how it guy. goes. I'm, yeah. I'm an artiste. What can I say? Artiste. An artiste. <laughs> So, um, and I've, I see this a lot with businesses, bad behavior. I want to get your perspective of how bad behavior can really cost a company and probably not being aware of some of these things is one of those major things where 
maybe you're not doing it on purpose, but mm -hmm. you're just not jiving, yeah. right? Yeah. If you perceive that a company that you're working with is totally defensive and justifying things all the time, mm -hmm. well, you probably don't care. You are the yeah. customer. Yeah. You know, even when you as a customer make a mistake, you don't yeah. want to get judged by someone you're paying money to. <laughs> to Amen. Help you, right. You know? Yeah. So before we take it to break, uh, Laura, you've, you've talked about boundaries and really being able to set your boundaries. And I, you know, whether that's in work and life, I mean, you have to have those boundaries. Um, and really being able to be an accessible person at the same time as setting boundaries. And this doesn't matter if, you, if you're a, a parent or if it's a spousal relationship or you're a leader with a team or you have coworkers where you work together as a team, you know, you have to make yourself accessible, but you have to set those boundaries as well. So can you share how you teach people about boundaries? Mm -hmm. Well, first there are two types. There are the external boundaries okay. and the internal boundaries. And where my clients seem to have the most problem often is that they overstep their own internal boundaries. They say yes so when they internal? mean no. You oh, know? yes. They do things that they really didn't want to. Yeah. They give away work product for free. Yes. And then they feel a little resentful for it afterwards. Oh. They're overstepping their own boundaries. And on top of that, they're teaching people how to treat them. Yes. So it can be a so real true. problem. And that's funny that you say that because I talk in, in my course, you've got to learn to, when to say no. So you have to really be able to manage. Mine's more on time. It's managing your time and knowing when to say no. But you've got to be able to step up mm -hmm. and be okay with saying no, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So and don't mind read. You yeah. can't, you can't assume what someone else wants from you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's where the boundary breach is coming from. Now, yeah. everybody wants to get something. And yes. if you can get that for free, bonus. It's up to you to kind of set the boundaries on what is acceptable. And sometimes it may involve a mea culpa and a backseat, you know, to try uh -huh. and get it backseat by saying, you know, I know I did that um, for you before for free. However, that's something that I get paid for. That is part of my work product. So Got moving it. forward, if we're going to do that, it's going to cost this. Yeah. Now, you can't, it doesn't matter. Um, you can only set your boundaries. You can't control other people. Mm -hmm. So they may get upset with you and they may push back a little bit. But if you're clear and respectful, yes, um, then they've got nowhere to go with it. Yeah. When you said external boundaries, mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that before we take it to commercial. So the biggest one is around time your money, and your work product. Mm. Okay. And so you need to, you know, mortgage brokers, realtors, people who are in high-stress, high-stakes fields, which are mm -hmm. most of the people that I work with, they don't get to turn off their phones all the time, you know, when they're at dinner. They do have to check their I email. do. I set my boundaries. My phone is off when I'm on my personal time. I so, love it. <laughs> yes. I'm really good at setting boundaries. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it depends on what your personal yes. boundaries are. Yes. But you can say, okay, well, when I take my two-week vacation, uh -huh. I'm going to set it up such that someone yeah. else. But you need to be clear. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're not clear. Also, you have to be malleable. What works in December may not work in August. Yes. Mm -hmm. You need to know what your the theme of your work sure. year is, you know. So boundaries should be firm and malleable, and they should yeah. be checked in on often. Yeah. The other one is around money. You know, a lot of people have um, tough boundary issues around money. Uh -huh. You just need to take a look at it and see what's right for you. What do you want? And be clear about it. Yeah. Love, love that. And a tip on boundaries with time for all the professionals that are listening. What I just always say, I schedule appointments with myself, but you know, the appointment with myself, 
nobody needs to know it's with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got an appointment, you've got a commitment with another client. And, you know, would you ever cancel a client's appointment to schedule another client? Or would you take a phone call in the middle of a meeting with a client or referral partner? Of course not. Mm-hmm. So why would you do that to yourself? Because we know we need to treat ourselves at the same level, at least, mm-hmm. that we would be treating our clients because that's the only way that we can be the best for our clients, our referral partners, and for our family. So yeah. I think it's a good place for us to take it to commercial, continuing uh, our conversation with Laura Curry, podcaster, speaker, and author of Difficult Happens, and owner of Curry Support Services, right here on 1150 AM, KKNW, after this short break. Does the Seattle area real estate market scare you as a buyer? Are you looking to sell your home but not sure how to maximize your home's potential? You need an industry veteran with years of experience at your side to guide you from start to finish and help you achieve your goals. Michael Pollock with Northwest Premier Brokers is the resource that many Seattle area buyers and sellers have utilized to make their real estate dreams happen in this unique and challenging market. Hi, this is Michael Pollock. I welcome the opportunity to meet with you and learn about your real estate needs and discuss how Northwest Premier Brokers can assist you in accomplishing all of your goals. Visit me at seattleareareallestateteam.com or call me direct at 206-399-1345 today. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. And co-host, Keelan Harvey. You're a local mortgage experts right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 8th show. We bring in studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything money. We're here to help you in today's economy. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. In studio right now, Laura Curry, podcaster, speaker, and author of Difficult Happens and the owner of Curry Support Services. So, Laura, let's circle back kind of where we ended. You were talking about kind of time and money and energy. So you say that the that the real thief of your time is poor communication with your time, your money, and your energy. Um, Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, let me give you an example. Have you ever had kind of a stressful day where one client, you see their name on your calendar, and already you're getting a little stressed out, you're thinking about them, thinking about your last interaction with them, and if you spent just one hour a day thinking about, in a negative way, about a communication with anyone mm-hmm. or any kind of conversation you're going to have. That is four full work days a month. Yeah, wow. wow. What would you do with four yeah. full work? I know what I'd do with four full work days. <laughs> Get some <laughs> work too. done. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so it can rob you of your time. Yeah. And, you know, for me, when I'm worried about something, it's a lot more than an hour that I'm going to spend yeah. on it. And the worry of all that time around that you may think it's an hour, but it's probably a lot more because there's all of the other less great space that you're in because that worry just kind of lags on and hangs with you, right? Yeah, there's I mean, a, it can a just residue. Really take, it, the residue, no. that's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yes, can kind of just take you over. So we were talking about boundaries before we went to a uh, break. And I know that you talk about some boundaries when it comes to words. Yeah, you know, you really need to be careful because sometimes certain words will creep in and they can have other meanings. Okay. So when when someone's overstepping your boundaries and they may use dismissive or diminutive language, you may think you want to give that a pass. 
But if you bring it up and say, you know, actually, let me give you an example. I had this boss, and um, she and I did not get along. Like uh-huh. I said, I'm five foot two. I think uh-huh. she was about six two, six three. Oh my! <laughs> and she used to come in every morning and call me little bit. Oh, and, oh my! You know, That's not right. I was a little bit, but <laughs> at the time I think I was like twenty. But it really hurt my feelings, and uh-huh. I asked her several times, "Could you please not call me that?" Yeah, and I, I find that offensive. And so then what she did is she come in every day and go, "Hi, a little bit." Oh, I mean Lara, you know. And it's like, oh wow, wow. it's like kind of condescending. Oh, like, totally passive aggressive. Yeah. So the next time she came in, I said, "Hey, gargantuan." <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shaq. Yeah. How are you doing? She never called me that again. <laughs> but now that was not the most effective way to draw yes. a firm boundary. Uh-huh. I had been clear. And now, as an adult, I would probably you know, handle that. <laughs> well, now very that you're coaching and teaching on this, <laughs> yes. you know exactly how to approach it. Right, right. Well, it could be kind of the the same with, and not just a word, but even nicknames with people. And that's why I'm really trying to be careful not to do a nickname or all like. Do you care if I call you Jess instead of Jesse? Because they'll tell you if they do. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people, that actually affects them emotions. Like, dang it, she's calling me Jess. My name's Jesse. Or like Victoria, our executive assistant. She doesn't want you calling her V or Vic. Mm-hmm. I, you know, my husband calls her V, but he is the only one that can do that. <laughs> He's got to pass. And, but, you know, so you re- really um, finding out and asking anything that's kind of out of the norm when it comes to, and that's a nickname, mm-hmm. um, same thing. That you, And most of the time you can probably, getting back to the body language, you could probably kind of read that, oh, yeah, that, didn't, that mm-hmm. didn't go very well, right? Yeah, curiosity and intention love can that. solve a lot of conflict. Yes, love that. So that's a good segue. You reminded me of something that you said earlier that I really liked. You said, what gets verbalized gets visible. Uh, Tell me more about that. What do you mean when you say that? You know, we walk around all day long um, assuming and projecting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Walking up the stairs, you're like, boy, I don't don't know. Is this dress fitting right? Or whatever it is. We assume and we project and we kind of mind read what other people are thinking. Well, when you verbalize it, it gets visible. Sometimes, yes. the, you know, you may say something and the other person's like, oh, no, actually, I was just thinking about the, the, the lawn I have to mow when I get home, you know, or whatever uh-huh. it is. So the culture is critically important in any company. And, and, you know, I talk about that, you know, with our, our team back in the mortgage industry. And, you know, I have a, a mortgage software and there's developers that are all involved. And, in, you know, having that culture of what you represent is critically important. And you say that culture trumps intent every time Can you give us an example? Absolutely. If you've got an owner, a business owner, even if it's like on a small team Uh who doesn't really like to confront or doesn't really like to talk about issues, and maybe they've got one employee who's been, you know, displaying some bad behavior. Mm -hmm. If it gets tolerated, that now is the culture of your company. Mm. And it it infects all the other team members. And in doing so, their interactions with your clients will also be infected. Yes. So, you know, you really have to stick to clear mission, vision, and values when it comes to your company. Yeah. And if you have a clear and stated (laughs) mission, vision, and values, then that is the prism, that is the lens through which people look and how they judge everything from the type of clients they're going to work with to the type of work they're going to do. And that's why it's so critically important, especially for the leader, that you really lead with Mm -hmm. what your culture is, that you lead by example, which we hear so many times. But I you see so many times in the industry that you don't you don't see that. And, um, you know, so really, really important. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to you don't need to tell everybody what's going on all the time. Yes. You can say, I know that we've had a little bit of a problem with Joe. I want Uh you I want you to know that I am aware of it and I am taking care of it. And if there's anything that you need to know. 
I'll let you know. Love that. I like the theme. It's really just about being aware and not letting the little things go by and not sweeping Mm. things under the rug, but like really being aware of kind of the details of what's going on and addressing it and taking action. Mm -hmm. So you talk about actions and reactions. So how do you teach people to lead with action and not that reaction? You know, there's two things that you can do right away. And the first one is if you've had a negative interaction or something that just didn't go right, I want you to rewrite the rewrite the history on that. Yeah. Sit mm-hmm. down and rewrite it in your mind. What if it had gone completely perfect? What would your actions have been? What would your reactions have been or not been? What would you like to do differently? Because when you do that, then you have kind of a, a blueprint that you can use the next time you get into a similar situation. Yeah. And also pay attention to your your body. I mean, for me, when I start Mm -hmm. to get tense before I even react, it's right up here on my shoulders. My shoulders go up to my ears and (laughs) I'm holding my breath and it's like, oh, okay, what's going on? I need Uh to to check in. What's what's the feeling? What's the emotion? And sometimes just that Mm -hmm. and you, ah, okay, I'm good. I'm good to go now. Yeah. And I, you know, I love that because I'm, I, and I've never called it check-in, but I like that. I'm always checking in with myself. How am I doing? You know, am, am, am I feeling good so that I can, you know, really be, again, you know, the, the, the best when I'm interacting with other people. So mm-hmm. I love that. I just play a game with myself. You know, how good can I make myself feel today? Yeah. And, you know, really, <laughs> because it, it really is all about that. Everything is stemmed from how you feel. Mm-hmm. And so really making an intention a conscious effort to always be working on yourself inside because outside I mean you can portray you can most of the time read it if somebody has a big smile on their face and they really don't mean it mm-hmm. but um, that insight and really being able to work on that um, is critically important so why is it so difficult for people to recognize that the conflicts that they're having with others again whether it's team employees parents, spouse, you know, all of our communications, why is it so hard for some people to recognize that they are actually causing this conflict? Yeah, you know, I think it's twofold. One, that they, they don't want to take a closer look. I think first okay. that personal growth is part of our job as human beings. Great. And I think that you cannot be a good leader if mm-hmm. you also don't have personal growth. Great. But also it's the patterns. People don't recognize the subconscious patterns of reactions that they've gotten into. And if they were just aware that every single conflict had a triggering event, Mm -hmm. meaning something happened Uh that made you react, then there came an assumption, an assumption about what that meant for you, for them. And then there was a judgment. Is it a positive or negative for me? Mm -hmm. It kind of goes back to that fight or flight. And then there is a reaction. And that reaction leads to the outcome. Exactly. Now, if right after the assumption and the judgment, you can take just just a beat just to say, Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Why, where's this assumption or judgment? Can I do anything differently here before I react to get a different outcome? Yes. Then they will get a different outcome. Yeah. It's these patterns, these mindless patterns yeah. that we fall into. It's the habits that they've created in those mindless patterns. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And they sense. get reinforced of course. every time you do it. Of course. Yeah. That's interesting. Let's talk about um, perfectionism and the need to please. I notice like people that really want to do well, somehow it often translates into that, like everything's got to be perfect and I got to please everybody. And you talk a lot about boundaries. So I think that's super important. I know Tina's like a pro at it. She's she never even looks at her phone if you're spending time with her because she's mm-hmm. so time blocked and things. But mm-hmm. getting off task. So perfectionism, need to please. How can that get in the way of your success? 
you know, we can be so hard on ourselves. And it is amazing to me how we don't seem to be able to use our superpowers on ourselves very well. Yeah. And so I often fall into this. And I need to check the facts with myself quite a bit mm-hmm. because it can interfere with me projecting or assuming onto other people what they are expecting of me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know how it is when you get stuck in a loop of perfectionism. Yeah. Ooh, the self-judgment, the mindset. Yeah. You know, if you get into a negative mindset, mm-hmm. it can be a spiral. And we have scripts in our minds yeah. that we repeat over and over again. Mm-hmm. I just had uh, lunch with my mom, and she was talking about this old blues singer who used to sing a song. I can't remember the name of the, the singer, but the song was called I'm So Tired. I'm so tired. Anyway, the doctor <laughs> told her she had to stop singing that song. Because she was making well, herself sick. That, makes, that yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 And I think of that all the time. Mm-hmm. If I'm judging myself by not being perfect about something yeah. or disappointing somebody, uh-huh. then that's a script that I'm repeating. Yes. And it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. It is. Well, and I always, I, I say, because I'm a I'm big affirmation girl. And mm-hmm. I, you know, people say affirmations don't work. And the, the truth is, is they do work and it's critically important that everybody has affirmations and if you don't you're only left to because an affirmation is an intentional conversation you have with yourself or intentional words you say to your health self if you don't have intentional ones you're only left with the unintentional mm-hmm. that is the conversations that you're having with yourself every second of the day so if you want to weigh on that which is pretty devastating and so if you think about it if somebody's saying I'm not going to be late I'm not going to be late I'm not going to be late what happens they're late mm-hmm. why is that those people are always late it's because the brain doesn't understand the words that you're saying it only understands the emotion behind it and if you're stressed out about being late you're going to be late mm-hmm. other example i use is the ketchup bottle in the refrigerator which we've all been there you're telling your spouse the ketchup bottle is not there and it's right in front of you but until they come up and actually show you mm-hmm. you have just blocked that from so you know same thing here right it's mm-hmm. i like the you rewrite your script and if you notice that something is um m- m- not making you feel well and you're having those conversations to take that step back and rethink of how can I rewrite that script Mm -hmm. to have a better conversation with myself. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And you know, we all have a comfort emotion Mm -hmm. and the comfort emotion is not so comfortable. (laughs) Some people are really comfortable being angry. That's a powerful emotion. I mean, it is anger is a great protector. And some people have a comfort emotion of shame. That's Mm -hmm. where they go to. So a lot of times what happens is when we have these reactions or negative experiences, we go to our comfort emotion. And maybe that's shame. Maybe that's fear. Maybe that's anger. Whatever it is. But it it manifests in your body. And then it kind of fulfills itself. It will, if you start to feel afraid and there's nothing fearful around you, you will be afraid. Yes. So you need to kind of take a close look at what is the emotion that you go to when you're mm-hmm. in conflict? What is the emotion you go to when you feel like you're always late, always late? Yes, you know? yes. And so on the other side of that, think about that when you're interacting with other people, that think about the natural emotion or place that they go to and maybe what that's why that they're acting like they are. And if maybe if you can react a little bit differently to that, you can stop that process there before it compounds. Mm-hmm. Laura, my own, I mean... Everybody's their own worst critic, right? You have that voice in your head. And I've always used the tool of like diluting that thinking. So in the mornings, I use my car and so does Tina mm-hmm. as a place where I have like 150 YouTube I do a videos. refresh every day in the middle of the afternoon, as Keelan knows. She mm-hmm. never misses one. Mm-hmm. And I just diluting that and really like injecting more positivity. That's kind of my tool. 
what would you suggest as a tool for people to use to stop that dialogue and to, to help themselves kind of break those cycles? Because it's a habit, really. It is. Yeah, it's a habit of reacting, reacting to yourself internally. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I love the affirmations. I definitely do affirmations, and I journal a lot. Yes. And I take a, I take the temperature of my body at least four or five times a day. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Where am I tense? Why am I tense? Yeah. You know, what what's going on? You know, because your body keeps the score. Mm-hmm. Yes. If I'm starting to stress about a client, mm-hmm. it my body doesn't know that I'm not in an interaction with that client right now. Yes. So my body is reliving that stress mm-hmm. <laughs> over several times. So you can definitely do that journaling and make sure you're hanging out with the right people, you yeah. know? Amen on that, you yeah. You know, when you've got a good mentor or you've got some... Biz besties, I call them. I have a group of biz besties, and <laughs> uh-huh. we get together and we Snapchat every morning, and we're trying to send the worst possible picture of ourselves to, to each other in the morning to kind of set your mindset for the day. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming in and visiting our show. It was a pleasure to have you here, and look forward to having you back. And uh, just really great, all of the great things that you're doing. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. <laughs> yeah, and this is your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey. Your local mortgage experts signing off for the day, but we'll be here same place, same time next weekend, next Saturday, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 133075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.